Oh, Craig. Welcome to the shit show. I'm sorry, it's late. Um. Hey. And I, we, we meant to record yesterday. Um. Life happened. And then life happened. Um, my husband ended up coming home early. Um, if you guys know or not, he's a welder. And it was raining really hard yesterday. And where they needed to work, he wouldn't be able to do it. It was raining so hard. So he came home early. And then I was like, oh, he's probably going to stream. And so Kate was like, I was like, so we're probably going to have to do it tomorrow. And then Kate was like, okay. And then he ended up not streaming until like 10 o'clock. Sounds about right. And then Kate messaged me at 10 o'clock and was like, hey, I'm like, I didn't answer because I was already asleep. I was in a yeah, drug-induced coma. She was in bed. Yeah, because I knew I had to substitute today. So I was like, I I need to be asleep. Oh, that and the only way that's going to happen is if I'm drugged. So I drugged myself at about 8 o'clock and by 10 o'clock I was asleep. So. Subbing go okay? Yeah, it actually wasn't too bad today. Um, except for third block, they tried. They fucked around and found out, basically. <laughs> I love it when they do that. Uh, one of the kids was like, I remember you now. And I'm like, mm, yeah, you know, I don't fuck around. You know, yeah, and like then like, I ended up feeling really bad for them. So like I gave them the worksheet with the assumption that they knew what they were supposed to be doing, which I guess was my bad, um, because one student ended up coming up to me and saying, you know, we haven't been taught any of this. We don't know what this is. And so oh, I was no. like, okay, that's not going to work. So I went back and looked through like the lesson plans and I pulled out the copy of like the slideshow and we just started going over it. And then uh, after that class, I found out that they need a long-term sub in that room. So even though these kids were shits, and even though seventh grade is not the grade I want to be substituting, I put in to do a long-term sub for that class. Hey, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and I'm not gonna lie to anybody, the only reason why I did it was for those kids. If you have heard me at all in any of our previous episodes... I don't want to be a teacher like adamantly do not want to be a teacher I have I struggle every time I substitute because I hate being a teacher <laughs> but these kids I also because I want to be a school counselor and because I really do care about kids if there's something that I can do to help the kids I'm gonna do it so they need consistency so that they can this stuff and so that that was the goal but um well, ask me in a few weeks if I regret my decision. <laughs> I say she got suckered. That that the moral of the story, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I really do care about the kids though. The kids no, I, come first. Um Yeah, there's like a place that needs a long term sub in Peoria. And I'm like sitting there thinking about it, but then I'm like, man, I really don't want to. I mean, it's I, I really was like wrestling with it all through fourth block. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, that out of all the kids in the school right now I don't know if I want to commit myself to seventh grade right now because they are acting like monsters um to be fair I think a lot of them are just like frustrated with not having you know what they need yeah well and that's part of it is one of the kids who had the worst attitude in third block she was like 
you know, we haven't been taught any of this stuff, yada yada. So as soon as I started helping, she became, it was like 180 in personality. So oh, they yeah. just don't know how to communicate their frustration very well. Um, well, yeah, they're kids. They're kind of stupid sometimes. Well, they also haven't been taught. And this, this is why I want to be a school counselor so bad. Because I think that mental health, social, emotional learning, that all needs to be curriculum. And it's not. Oh, um, and so ultimately, like, that's my goal is to get those social, emotional regulation and communication skills into the curriculum. I don't know how. Figure but it I'm out. I'm going to figure it out. I say, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Um, but, but before I let Kate do the case, I do, there is one thing I want to, um, go back over and I actually have to open it up because my dumb ass closed it in. Um. Love you. <laughs> it's a Tuesday and I've been up way longer than any pretty awake. Um. I talked about it in the last episode. I posted a video about it that got almost no views in comparison to my other videos. That, that's a whole nother issue with TikTok, not pushing that video out. Um, Cody Bigsby from Hampton, Virginia is still missing. Um, he was last seen uh, at 2 a.m. on January 31st, uh, 2022. Uh, in the block of Ranelet Drive, and that's in the Buckrow Point townhomes in the Buckrow area of Hampton, Virginia. Um, he is four years old, about three feet tall. He has black hair. He has brown eyes. He's African-American, and he was last seen wearing all black clothing and Spider-Man flip-flops. Um, there's a lot going on with this case. If you want to look into it, there's a lot of shady stuff going on with his dad. Um... And, but I, I don't really give a shit about that right now. I just want to find this four-year-old boy because it's getting cold now. It's been raining here. Like, I'm really concerned for the welfare of this kid. Um, so if you have any information, um, you just call the Hamden Police Division or the Crime Line. Um, and I have to read the Crime Line number. The Crime Line number is 188-LOCK-YOU-UP. <laughs> and I just love that so much. It's lock letter U up. And that just that just makes me that happy. makes stupidly happy. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> but like I said, Cody Bigsby, four years old, last seen wearing black clothing and Spider-Man flip-flops in Hampton, Virginia. He, he is still not found. Uh he's been missing since the 31st of January. So we are going on over a week that this child has been missing. And that is really like not okay. Um, not a baby like this, not a four-year-old. And like the story is that, that, that you know, that he wandered out at two o'clock in the morning, which I can see. Like there's a lot of comments. There's a lot of comments. Oh, a kid wouldn't wander out. Uh, yes, they would. Both. Now my daughter didn't do it, but my son did. My son opened the front door. Um, one my day while I was changing my daughter because he saw the mailman. Um, so it's entirely possible that a two-year-old got up at 2 a.m. and walked out of the house. But I don't think that that's what happened because dad has been very 
as my kids would say, my his dad is sus. <laughs> um, and he's just and he's and he actually got charged this past week with seven ounce of child endangerment because there are other children in the home. There was um, two year old twins and I believe a five or a six year old. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so worried because. It was a couple of years ago we had a case like this. It was, uh, the little boy's name was Noah Tomlin. And he ended up being dumped in a plant or at a plant dumpster. And he was, and he was, I think, four or five years old. And his mom was really seedy whenever people would ask him questions. And, and this also makes me think of case people. Anthony. Anthony was around the same age. Uh, Madeline McLean. So we need to do better for our kids. So if you live in the Hampton area, the Hampton Roads area, you know, Maryland, North Carolina, just try to look up Cody Bigsby. Try to find like a picture of him so that you know what he looks like and just keep an eye out for him. Also, sorry for the screech, guys. Apparently we're having a moment. Well, Vera's Vera's got feels about this little boy missing. (laughs) He's like, excuse me. This little boy should not be missing for this long. Like, somebody knows something. Well, and that's just... Well, so, if you don't know, um, Buckrow is right next to the beach. Um, he's in He's in, there, in the water. So, you know, but... The, and the Buckrow townhomes are very close to the water. So that's my fear is that he's been missing because because now they're asking the family if they've seen him since Christmas. So we don't. So I feel like this is another Kaylee Anthony where like she's been he's been missing for a longer period of time than the dad is actually willing to admit so, and that's what's really concerning me in this. So, um, that's why I made a TikTok on it and nothing happened with it, which, yeah, but anyway, different, different situation, different time to tell that story. Um, but I'm going to let Kate tell her episode of the day, um, and move on from this. Cause I'm just going to keep talking about it otherwise. Alrighty. So. Today we're going to talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Just in time for Valentine's Day. You know, just if you want to get in the mood, that that love mood of Valentine's Day. Oh, totally. Come on, they make Valentine horror movies. It's totally a thing. Oh, I know. It's my bloody... The, the phone that always comes to mind is my bloody Valentine. Um, but technically I guess you could call this a Valentine's Day horror movie because there's a movie about it. Okay. So, um... The Valentine's Day Massacre was the murder of seven members of a Chicago Northside gang um, that were murdered. Well, not murdered. They were executed um, in a garage in Lincoln Park of Chicago, Illinois. Um, They were shot by four unknown assailants, two of which were dressed as police officers. So this happened between... um, it, well, the guys who were killed were part of George Bugs Moran's group. He was a big crime boss who was like a rival of Al Capone. 
You gotta be you gotta be a crime boss with the last name of Bugs because I'll just ask. Well, no, you. Bugs is his uh his like nickname or whatever. Okay, so he wait, so he purposefully named himself after a Looney Tunes character. This was 1929. Was Bugs Bunny out yet? I'm sure. Hold on, y'all know I ain't afraid to use Google. Hold on. I was gonna say I can't remember if they came out in the 20s or the 30s. Oh, never mind. No, he wasn't. It was 1940. Ma'am. Uh, listen, it's no worse than someone asking me if Gilgamesh was the guy that tried to kill the Smurfs. I know. No, I was laughing just for Vera. Just her audacity there. Yes, and Bethany, then, like Bugsy Malone. It's Bugsy Malone, right? Moran. Moran. Sorry. And then, um, so a lot of people do believe that it was Al Capone who ordered the hit. But, I mean, you know, he was one that he wasn't going to deny it. And he's like, no. Every time you talk, she talks over you. I know. Um, but he goes, no. My goodness. Hold on one second here. What did I do with your bottle? There it is. So yeah, no, he goes, no, I it I didn't do it. So that to me kind of makes me definitely feel like it wasn't him. Right. But this is when the uh, feds actually start. This is this is what kind of made the catalyst for the feds starting to look at him more, which I think is funny. And then, as we all know, Al Capone actually got taken down for tax evasion, not you know being a crime boss. Which is beautiful. I love I when they do when they when they get taken down for stupid shit. Yeah, and you're like, no, that that's not the the worst thing here, but okay. So it says it did happen around 10:30 a.m. on Thursday, February 14th of 1929. The garage was located at 2122 North Clark Street, and that's in the Lincoln Park neighborhood on Chicago's north side. Um. The weapons used included two Thompson submachine guns. <laughs> and like I said, two of those two of them were dressed as policemen. And then the other two wore suits, ties, overcoats, and hats. So like to me it's just really funny. Like it's almost like I think they were trying to make the detective look, you know? So like we got two detectives and two cops to make it like less noticeable, I guess you could say. I was going to say, less conspicuous, yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought that was funny. I was like, alright, so we got two cops, and then we got two dudes in, in suits. Okay. That sounds, you know, logical. And, um, I'm trying to look up the guys' names here. Hold on one second. Yeah, I know. Also, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I always forget that Al Capone was also called Scarface. Yes, I did know that. I say, I like, I always know it in the back of my head, but then I'm like, oh yeah. That's, that's a thing. Good lord. Sorry, my computer's running slow here, guys. You're fine. I'm there, there. I'm sure. And um, 
Okay. There we go. So, as I said, the victims were five members... <laughs> five members of George Bugs Moran's Northside Gang. I don't know what is up with her today. Like, she's been, like, really quiet all freaking day. Now, all of a sudden, I want to record and she wants to talk. Um, one was his second-in-command, who was also his brother-in-law, named Albert... I'm gonna fuck this last name up. I'm sorry, guys. Kasselek. His alias was James Clark, along with Adam Hayer, or Hire, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, who was the bookkeeper and business manager. Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran. And gang enforcers Frank Gusenberg and Peter Gusenberg. Two collaborators with them were also shart, sh shart, haha, shot. <laughs> they sharted themselves, probably. Um, Reinhardt H. Swimmer, who was a former optician turned gambler and gang associate, and John May, an occasional mechanic for the Moran gang. So Chicago police officers arrived at the scene to find Frank Gusenberg was still alive. They tried asking him about it, and I guess he just wouldn't talk. And he and at one point just screamed, would you just get me to a hospital? Like, yeah, dude, he's bleeding out. Maybe not talk to him while he's bleeding out on the fucking ground. <laughs> that seems like such a cop thing to do, though. Be like, 19, listen, hold on. I know you're bleeding out, but. Yeah, but like 1929 police force, guys. Or LAPD, but right. I digress. <laughs> well, this was Chicago, so. Um. The doctors were able to stabilize um, for, for, a few, for a little bit, and then police tried to question again, and he was like, no, I ain't fucking talking to you. I mean, not, I get it, you know? He'd probably implicate himself in other stuff. Um, and it's this, they said he sustained 14 bullet wounds, and when the police asked him who did it, he repro replied, no one shot me. Sir. <laughs> I know! I thought that was great. No what God. is it with criminals and it like, I swear to God, you know what it is? Here's, here's my thought about it, right? P criminals who have obvious issues like being shot, you know, being caught in the act, whatever. I truly believe they are middle schoolers that never grew up. I could see because that. I, because as a substitute, I will tell a kid, put your phone away. Now, mind you, they have their phone in their fucking hand, and they'll be like, I don't have my phone out. I know. And you're we like, are looking at each other, and we can, and I can clearly see that your phone is in your hand, and you really want to sit there and tell me, oh, my phone out. Same thing. Same principle as, sir, you have 14 bullet wounds. I wasn't sure. But he died three hours later. Well, that's what he gets for being stupid. You know. Like I said... Al Capone was widely assumed to have been responsible for ordering the massacre, but he had been actually at his Florida home at the time, which I don't believe, because, you know, this is, the, remember, this is 1929. It's not like you can send a text and be like, all right, go ahead and do it. But so, you like, can call somebody. Yeah, but I, I still don't think, it's still less likely that if he wasn't in town. Plus, if you're going to murder people from your arch rival's gang, you probably want to see it. Or you want the perfect fucking alibi. 
Yeah, he was pretty blatant, though. Um, people said that it was supposed to be an attempt to eliminate Bugs Moran, but he had actually been running late for the what they were doing in the garage. Um, and people thought that the motive may have been the fact that some expensive whiskey illegally imported from Canada, because this is during Prohibition, right. um, had been hijacked and was being uh, transported to Cook County, Illinois. Um, Moran was the last survivor of the, his North Side gunmen, and his succession had come ab about because of his similarly aggressive pre uh, predecessors. Jaime Weiss and Vincent Drusi. Um, they had been killed violent in um, the violence that followed the murder of the original leader, Dean O'Banion. <laughs> Sorry, this cracked me up. Um, so, they say several factors contributed to the timing to kill Moran. Um, earlier in the year, the guy who that they took, you know, to the said he wasn't shot. Um, Frank Gusenberg and his brother had unsuccessfully attempted to murder a man named Jack McGurn. Um, the Northside Gang was... Vera. My god. Northside Gang was complicit in the murders of Pasqualino. I'm sorry, I don't know if I said that name right. Or Patsy... Lalordo and Antonio the Scourge Lombardo. Both had been presidents of the Union Siciliana, which is a local mafia that had um, close associate that were close associates of Capone or of Capone. Moran and Capone had been vying for control of the lucrative Chicago bootlegging trade. Moran had also been muscling in on Capone's or a Capone run dog track in the Chicago suburbs and had taken over several saloons that were run by Compone, insisting they were his territory. So, you know, here we go. That's, you know, it's a dick measuring contest, guys. Absolutely. That's what I was just, that's why, like, you guys on the podcast can't, obviously can't see me, but I, like, hold my eyes so hard. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, like, camera. literally, this is just a whole ass dick measuring contest that just, you know, ended with guns. Um, so the Moran, most of the Moran gang had arrived at the warehouse at approximately 10.30 a.m., but Moran was not there, having left his Parkway Hotel apartment late. He and fellow gang member Ted Newberry had approached the warehouse um, from Streetside when they saw a police car approaching the building. They immediately had turned and retraced their steps going to a nearby coffee shop. Because, um, you know, he, he was a crime boss. He didn't want to get caught. <laughs> right. Uh, they encountered gang member Henry Goosenberg on the street. And warned him, so he had turned back too. So it sounds like this was a big deal at this warehouse. Like, a lot of the gang was going to be there. Right. Um, so, I mean, really, it was a perfect place to, you know, massacre your competition, but damn. Um, Northside gang member Willie Marks also spotted the police car on his way to the garage and ducked in a doorway, jotted down a license number before leaving the neighborhood. Because, I mean, it's always good to know police license numbers. 
mean, it is if you ever, you know, go to court and like, especially then, because I think it was easier to fake being a cop. Oh, yeah. I think you could get the uniforms pretty easy. Or, I mean, let's be real. Some of the cops were on the mafia's payroll. Right. So I think having that badge number, license number, whatever, would definitely be important. Yeah. But I just find it interesting that the it was a uh, one of the guys who would have probably been murdered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so, you know, now we've got the main guy that they're really going after because I don't think they had like a like a, a leader follow up after this guy. So if Moran had been killed, that gang probably would have disbanded or just been in total chaos and like shooting themselves in the foot. So it could have been a really big win for Capone if he had actually gotten Moran. So that would have been cool, but you know, for Capone, not in general. Murder's not cool, guys. Murder's not cool and it's not funny, even though we may laugh about it on here because it's awkward. Because, you know, we we, we have trouble. Yeah. We're we're not we're not okay. So they do think that again, everybody's kind of Under the assumption that Capone is the one who is responsible. And so they say they think that his lookouts were the ones who actually mistook um, the men for Moran. And they said it was possibly Albert Weinshank, who was about the same height and build. Um, the similarity between Moran and Wines or bleh, and Weinshank. Um, was enhanced by the way that they were dressed that morning. They were wearing the same color overcoat and hat. So that's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Witnesses outside the garage saw a Cadillac sedan pull up to the front of, and stop in front of the garage where four men emerged and walked inside, two dressed in the police un uniforms. The two fake police officers carried shotguns and entered the rear portion of the garage where they found members of Moran's gang and collaborators Reinhardt Schwimmer and John May, who was fixing one of the trucks. The fake policemen then ordered the men to line up against the wall. They then signaled to the pair in civilian clothes who had accompanied them. Two of the killers opened fire with Thompson submachine guns, one with a 20-round box magazine and the other with a 50-round drum. They were thorough, spraying the victims left and right, even continuing to fire after all seven had hit the floor. Jesus, talk about overkill. <laughs> overkill. <laughs> oh my god. Two shotgun blasts afterwards all but obliterated the faces of John May and James Clark, according to the coroner's report. Well, yeah, when you get shot in the face that many times, you won't have much of a face left. Right? Like, damn. Especially get... those bullets, because, like, if I think yep. about it, the, that period, the bullets, like, solid metal, weren't they? I think so, yeah. Like, in the shotguns, anyway? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. Vera. She's right there. You can still see her. My best friend, you guys. Yeah, seriously, this child, I think she likes Cassandra more than she likes me. And I birthed her. But she's fighting that sleep. I can see it. Yes, that too. 
And then they said to give the appearance that everything was under control, the men in street clothes came out with their hands up, prodded by two uniformed policemen inside the garage. Um, the only survivors of the warehouse were May's dog, Highball. So, hey, they did not kill the dog. Well, that's good. Because you, you know that's all we people. care about here. Don't kill the dogs. Hey, there's a lot of things that we can be mad about, but they didn't kill the dog. Well, that's good. That's, that, that makes and then sense. Frank Gusenberg, who later died. So, that is when everybody really decided to kind of want to start breaking down or breaking down, cracking down on the gang violence in Chicago. Most people were kind of okay with the mafias because they were the ones that were providing the alcohol. Because, <sighs> you know, prohibition was such a great idea. Well, here's my thing. They say that they're cracking down on crime, but isn't Chicago still, like, really bad? Well, see, the thing Like, a hundred years later. <laughs> this sounds really bad, but... The thing is, if you're going to have crime, because it's going to be inevitable, you might as well have the one big guy that everybody's fucking afraid of. Yeah. Because it keeps everything in line. But you got to think a bunch of turf like wars. Gotham, though. It makes me think of Gotham, though. Back when it was the first Batman Begins or something where it was like yeah. the crime boss. Yeah. And people were still poor and eating out of the trash and shit. Right, like, I'm not like, saying that that's not, you know, a problem, but, like, if you're gonna have crime, because now we still have people eating out of the trash, yeah. and being poor, but we also have, like, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand gangs that are constantly fighting for power. Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I want crime, and I'm not saying I want mafia. Oh, no, 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 neither of us, neither of us are saying we want crime, it's just... I'm just saying, if we have to look at things and find a way to make it less fuckery, that's probably the way. Not saying it's the a good way. The problem is, is there's criminals in our political system. Yeah, that too. That are still there. Which was also a problem during all of this. And it's, <laughs> and why it's still a problem a hundred years later. <laughs> right? And it's also kind of why nobody was really ever tried for this crime, because... Even though I can't find it to save my life, um, I had seen something about some. There was a possibility of a different um, person who might have been involved and who had actually ordered the murder or wanted the murder to happen because of the killing of his wife. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a revenge plot, but that didn't fit the narrative of we need to get rid of Capone. And it's also why I kind of feel like Capone actually might not have done this one. Because even his even his men I see that event that he didn't do it. I could see it. But but like the guy was still like involved in the mob, and I don't remember if he had like which side he was on or if he was kind of in this weird third party. Because I can't find it to save my life. Apparently my computer just wanted to delete that information that I had. But you know, whatever. Um, but so that kind of is an interesting part of it that I was like, well, already then. Okay. That that could explain some things. And the fact that none of his men, at, even like after he died, would like turn and say anything about it and never were like, oh yeah, we did that. That's another thing. Because like, they admitted to all sorts of shit once he was gone. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But once he, like, that was one thing that they, nobody would ever admit to. Hmm. So that's why I'm kind of like, I mean, but maybe though. Maybe there was that one guy who wouldn't brag about how, you know, who he killed or whatever. Right. Like, but feeling like there's that one guy who's not going to admit it versus possibly just somebody else being involved, but yeah. focusing on the wrong shit. Which happens a lot. Right. So I'm kind of like, eh, maybe leaning towards that a little bit more, but you know, whatevs. <laughs> so um, that building was torn down. The garage was torn down at one point. And they um, tried They tried to keep the bricks, and they're actually, most of them, except for 100, except for 100 of the bricks, are actually now at the Underground Museum, or the Mob Museum in Nevada. So that's a place that we might need to road trip. Why? Why would you have mob stuff in Nevada when most of the mob stuff was in like Chicago and New York. That I have no idea, but you know, pretty suspicious. We, we might we might need to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have them um, on display at the Mob Museum in Nevada, and there is also like an underground speakeasy type restaurant that's in there and stuff. So it's like cool. they they really like play it all up. It's really interesting. Um, and they say that the hundred that they don't have. Um, were basically stolen while the building was being torn down. And they have been sold all over the internet to many gangster buffs. So, you know. Morbid okay, trophy. So one, of, so, one of the people that are watching says Vegas is the pla- was the place to be. Lots of casinos and they have mob history. I mean, I get that, but... I, mean, that's I, fair, I don't but like I guess this one, it makes more sense to have that like near Chicago. I, I guess in my head, because I am from Buffalo, New York, growing up, I heard a lot of the mob activity in, like, New York and Chicago, and yeah. I didn't hear a lot of it about, you know, in, in Vegas. But honestly, you guys, and this unpopular opinion, uh, I have no interest in going to Vegas. None. Me either. Zero. Like, I... I feels to me like just thinking about the amount of people that would be in Vegas makes my anxiety like <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> and I'm like eh, I'm good I'm good I don't and I don't gamble because unless it's a sure thing I'm not giving anybody my money so also fair so this probably goes without saying but the location is said to be extremely haunted Surprise! The fucking prize. Yeah, you have mob, mob artifact. Like, why would it not be haunted? And they also say that the bricks that were taken are said to bring people bad luck. And um, it also was said that Capone had seen an entity and was haunted by it until he passed away. So that's interesting. Somebody he killed. Probably. That would be my right. bet. <laughs> piss somebody off enough eventually it's gonna happen because personally i've said that to plenty of people that i would haunt them when i die so i mean like i totally could see it so people say that um unusual mists and lights have been reported 
as well as being able to hear men's voice when no one is in sight or near the area. You can hear screams from men and machine guns firing when you're near the site. But I mean, it's also, you know, Chicago, so. Right. Take that with a grain of salt. I hate to say that, but. Um, people who are sensitive and stand in front of the fence may notice a sense of real fear. And even when people walk by the area, they can, they have been hit with a sense of panic and fear. And animals don't like the area, like at all. And Which, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was gonna say that's very logical. Um, and then other people say that the bricks were sold together in a box, and it is said that the box was numbered, and there was a diagram telling people how to reassemble to the, reassemble the wall, and was um, hoped that a sing single person would purchase it, but it was never sold. And it is also said that Moran's brother. Moran's brother-in-law's entity had started haunting Capone immediately after the killings. Capone tried to send the entity to the other side by using a medium in the year 1931, but it did not work. The entity is also, which is said to be James Clark, um, which was uh, Moran's brother-in-law's uh, alias. And even after Capone was released from prison, he was haunted by the entity until the day he died. Which, like, even if Capone wasn't the one who ordered the killing, there was enough bad blood between those two that, like, I could see that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, I've said I'm gonna haunt you. To people. <laughs> want to know what's really, like, even better? You want to know what they built on this site? Church? No. Oh. School? No. Daycare? No. I don't know. A nursing home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just as bad. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, oh, come on now. That's not even nice. And a lot of the people that would have been around then are in that nursing home. Right. Why would they want to be? <laughs> Hopefully they're too senile and they don't know. It was just, well, it says some people even say they will see the figures of the gang members in the nursing home. Jesus. Could you imagine having dementia or, like, Alzheimer's and, like, fucking be sitting there crocheting and, like, fucking Al Capone you know, all of a sudden just appears in front of you? If you didn't have bowel issues, you would still shit your pants. <laughs> right. Like, or you're like, man, maybe I am really crazy. Right. You'd be like, ah! Or you just start but, chatting him up. I feel like I, that would be the only two options. You'd either be scared or you just start talking okay. to him. I was just like, what? What? But that's crazy. Why would you do that? Uh, oh but yeah, God. so like I said, nobody's ever really been charged. Again, I'm really sorry. I can't find the freaking name of the person that they thought it might be. You're fine. But I y'all have Google. You can look it up. Commented on the on the podcast for me. Yeah, if you do happen to look it up and you want to share that information with the class, that would be great. I was so mad though. I was like, "No, why did you disappear?" 
I just think it's funny. I was teasing Kate before we started to record that she did the, the true crime one this week. So that means that I have to do the haunted one. Well, I don't have to, but like, I feel like, why not? The opposite week. With people, to be honest. But honestly, if, if, if haunting is left up to me, I already know what I want to do because I fell asleep to the movie last night. That sounds about right. And that's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling y'all on podcast land. I'll probably tell people in TikTok land when we stop recording. But um, yeah. yeah. There's Vera squeaking away. Last night. And I got my head. I got a head shake from, from my kids. They were like, really, mom? That's what you're falling asleep to? Yes. Go to bed. Like, what's your point? <laughs> go away. And you know, it's, I know this is so random and I'm so sorry. So, well, I've had two random thoughts since you were talking and I've been trying so hard to pay attention, but because I'm tired, ADD is, it's harder. Anybody who has ADD, ADHD, like when you get tired, it's harder to concentrate, at least in my opinion. And so I had two thoughts while Kate was talking and they have absolutely nothing to fucking do with what she was talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to by telling you what they are. So the first one is I have glass gauges in my ears right now. And I kept trying to think when I was sitting here, I was messing with my ear. I'm like, man, why are my ears so cold? Because it's cold enough. That the glass is cold. So because glass is cold, it's gonna make my ears cold. But I didn't think about it until I touched the gate until I touched the earring. And then I was like, oh yeah, duh. The other thing is, you know the great debate about the nightmare before Christmas? Your shirt made me think of it, Kate. Yeah. Where you know what I'm talking about? Where they, they swear up and down that or that Zero just had a red nose. And not the pumpkin. No, it's it was a pumpkin. I I have this over here from yeah. nineteen whatever. And I kept thinking, when the podcast is over, I'm gonna look at the case. Because Kate, Kate's wearing Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's what got my brain going. And then, of course, you guys can't see it on the podcast, but I have Oogie Boogie on my desk, as well as. Jack and Sally and a small zero small squishmallow zero oh zero so and this zero has a pumpkin nose um but yeah that welcome to AD, ADD brain welcome to the hot mess which you express if you're new here <laughs> if you're new here get used to it <laughs> but yeah I just had to share with the class like where my brain went um but that was a really cool one kate and i'm really glad that you you did something different like usually she does the haunted stuff and she's been telling me that we need to do more haunted stuff and less true crime stuff <laughs> and then yeah, for her to do true like, crime cracks me up <laughs> well and like i was i was looking for stuff and i wanted to do some stuff on valentine's like that were surrounded by valentine's day which i have oh, yeah. Um, I got some Valentine's ghost stories that I found. Oh, uh, so another question 
do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Yes. How long have you been with Mason? This man has put up with me for six years. Okay. Out there in, in, in podcast land and TikTok land, I want you guys to tell me if you celebrate Valentine's Day. And the reason why I ask is because I have been told several times that my husband and I are weird. Because we don't. In the almost... Jesus. How long have we been together? In the almost... 16 years we've been together, we have never celebrated Valentine's Day. Never. Because both of us agreed at the beginning that it was stupid. <laughs> I was like, please do not. I was like, I don't like cut. I, I don't. I, I don't. Um, we don't I do it like, I guess, the traditional way you could say. Like, we're not like the ones that we have to go out on a dinner date and gets me roses um we usually buy each other like tattoo tattoos we've never celebrated it we don't go out to dinner i told him i, I told him a long time ago i don't like fresh cut flowers if you want to get me flowers go plant something in the yard um i expect chocolate every month anyway because that's what shark week wants and what shark week wants shark week gets this is fair so and then, like, any other, like, I, it, him and I are the same way. Like, if we want something, we'll just get it. Yeah. So, like, you don't need to get it for me. You know? Like, I mean, like, some I still get him Christmas stuff. But, like, as far as, like, the smaller holidays, like Valentine's Day. Sure. No. I don't know. I, I guess it's, like, because, like, to me, it's just, like, a commercialized. You should show each other how you love, how much you love each other by buying each other shit. I mean, fair. That's how I see it. So, like, I'm like, yeah. Um, TikTok friend says we don't really. My husband is always working, and I am impartial to it. Yeah. See, That's I'm fair. just like, I, I. You want to do something nice for me? You don't have to do it on Valentine's Day. You can just do the dishes without me asking, or scoop the cat yeah. litter for me because you know that I hate doing that job too. So, like. I, I, I'm more responsive to that than you getting me a Valentine's Day card, honestly. That's fair. But on that note, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna end podcast. So Sorry. as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.